What was most impactful for me with these walks was the connection. And I think with all of us having been so isolated, connection and creativity out in nature, getting away from it all to breathe and be is never overrated. And so I just was very humbly appreciative of um, those walks and that opportunity to press pause with humans. What a wonderful memory of that walk with Deb Hicks in the woods of Dover. And I'll sum it up, just gosh, have you ever had someone believe in you more than you believed in yourself? That was Deb. And Charlie Baker saw in her, listened to being about relationship and being a leader and coming into becoming that CHRO. She didn't believe it at first. She modeled truth to power. She modeled trusting and believing. And it wasn't easy. And you'll hear that. And it's all about holding on to I am worthy and letting go of being that uber doer. You know, I was not supposed to be the head of HR. I wasn't on the succession plan. I did the succession plan. (laughs) Um, And it was Charlie Baker who, after I did a presentation, he he was the whatever the title was, the president of Vanguard, the merger between Harvard Pilgrim was clearly going very poorly. He was made CEO. I remember. And he made me the head of HR. And nine months after I was in the job, and, you know, they did a search. I didn't automatically get it. He put me in acting. And then he gave it to me. And nine months later, I went to him and said, can I ask a question? Like, what the hell were you thinking? putting me in that job Mm -hmm. and he said you had such phenomenal relationships with the senior leaders I wanted to keep a lot of credibility you only cared about the function of HR at the time your boss wanted so much more than that Um, he said and you had the courage to stand up in front of the leadership and present truth, which was 67% of the staff did not think the leadership could take the company forward. And and then he said, and every night I pray you could figure the rest out. (laughs) He handed it over to you. What I learned, Kip, Uh is when we don't see it in ourselves, sometimes we have to trust others are seeing something that we haven't even discovered about ourselves. Because I don't think I knew I thought it was more the faker for me. Oh, he must, he does, does he know what he really did? So, you know, for me, it's like, how do people hold on to that? I am this. Right. I can do this and advocate for them, you know. And, and self-advocate. I don't know, yeah. Where would I be had I not had that? Right, right, right. Because you are worthy. <laughs> And someone else saw it in you before you saw it in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I call that that imposter syndrome. But when you then stepped into that place, were you able to be in the being of it or still no? No, not for a really long time. 
so not so, for a really long time. I kept, I worked harder, and I became an Uber doer. Okay, Uber That's doer. My favorite topic, Uber doer. And yeah, <laughs> Uber Uber doer. And yet, <laughs> what Charlie saw in you was nothing about your doing. It was about your being. And Grace Andrews walking the back roads in Nantucket, really wrestling with identity. Who am I, aside from my role? And freedom, getting freedom from the doing and focusing on the being. Again, the worthiness of being human. What, so what about your identity? And, you know, I'm struggling with that a little bit because my work has been my identity Again. in many ways. Right. You know, my life and my work are the same. They're, they're, they're not really, has never been separate. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this next chapter of um, of freedom from the doing. Freedom from the doing. And shift, I mean, I'll still be a doer. I mean, that'll never probably change. And, I, and by the way, I'm not ashamed of that. Absolutely. I like the doing. <laughs> oh my gosh, the doing, you know, you gotta have doing combined with the being. I mean, you and I have talked about that a lot, yeah, right? Right. But I think the, the piece here is that identity piece because we are so attached to what has given us success, which equals our identity, mm. and that's all made up. I mean, I believe that our identity is more who we are as human beings rather than defined by what I do, my role. Totally. But I think our roles, however they come up, whether we're um, an executive or a homemaker or a supporter, do kind of identify how we are viewed in the world and how we are out in, in the world. Absolutely, but that, get, that, that, that can get shaken, right? Mm. That can get shaken. We can lose our jobs right now. We can lose our companies. We can lose, we're all up against loss right now. Yeah. And the one thing we still have is what you and I just discussed that you're seeking is the stillness within. Mm, yeah. And that ability amidst all of the external to be grounded in your worthiness. A wonderful walk with Libby in, golly, the green area in Newburyport. She speaks so eloquently about creatives and building trust and the need here to be vulnerable, but truth really does set you free. And I love that she says, this trust creates magic. Oh, it was such a, a wonderful modeling of incredible leadership and, and then being mindful of how powerful thank you is. Being able to step into the vulnerability and presenting to the world, to your colleagues, to your agency, to your clients, mm -hmm. um, a truthfulness, mm -hmm. a humanness. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, remember the first time I said to the client, I think, you know, I think you're right. I don't think I got this right. And all of a sudden our relationship was bonded beyond 
what it could have been had I stood there and demanded that my perspective was the way to go. Right, and been defensive. And been defensive, right. Right, right. right. You, you, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I think every time that we actually share that we might not know or that there's idea is better, it does create deeper connection and trust. Yes. And trust, yeah. Right? But, and that's but the only way creative, creativity happens. It's the only way it happens. You, if you aren't trusting, you have zero creativity, right? I mean, you're the creative. Yeah, truly. Mm -hmm. I have a dear friend, her name is Tina Roth Eisenberg, AKA Swiss Miss, and, mm -hmm. and um, she's such a powerful creative force. She started something called Creative Mornings and Tatley um, Temporary Tattoos, which are incredibly beautiful. In, in any case, she has this beautiful phrase, which I hold very dear, which is um, uh, trust, trust creates magic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I and that. magic is beautiful and surprising and joyous. Um, and to, so back to the point of the only way we get to magic, a.k.a. creativity, is with a shared sense of vulnerability, a shared sense of knowing how hard it is. Mm -hmm. um, well, this just took me down another tangent, which was I've always wanted to write a book about for clients mm. on how to navigate creatives, us tender souls. Right. And quite honestly, the first thing is say thank you. Aww. It's as simple as that. Thank, thank you for putting your heart... Creativity is a mm. very tender act, right? It's very scary for the creatives. Oh, and it's so subjective. It's so subjective. And so imagine... putting yourself out there. Yes. And uh, good creativity comes from deep in your belly. Mm -hmm. And so when, when a client looks at you and says thank you mm. for putting... Thank you for being that vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being that brave. Thank you for trusting me with this. And now I can hear feedback so differently because right. I feel like I can trust you. You've acknowledged. Right. Walking on Narragansett Bay with Bob Sellers in, in Rhode Island was a treasure. I mean, this, this human soul of a being um, and this was came through all of the people I walked with, just really sharing uh, his vulnerability, but also some aha moments that really woke him up and were a gift to him. And I think all of the people I walk with had tremendous experiences that they remembered and tied it back to um, life-changing, but also based it in vulnerability. And were, have you ever, you know, in your career, been up against it, like up against the wall of whatever, a, a pattern of something that you're not proud of or something that jolted you into this awareness? Absolutely. I think everyone I mean, goes through that early stages of career where you're trying to climb you know the corporate ladder and so you're a little more competitive than than you should be or that I would have wanted to admit in, in an example would be and I use this when I'm trying to be transparent and teach a lesson mm. um, with young talent today or new in 
in um, role is it's easy to be vulnerable and tell stories. It's usually the best way it sticks, right? Absolutely. So, Hello. I, I remember moving from the store organization to my first ever corporate job at Kohl's and the whole new theory of HR business partners in the early 2000s you know came to life there and kind of make it what you want to be and I'm lucky that I love data and I love to tell a story through data but the folks I was working with or my peers really it wasn't their strength so instead of doing the right thing in teaching we I was probably more competitive than most. I was also the only one that came from a true operations background and I, I pivoted to HR. And I knew, <laughs> I still know that my business was outperforming the rest of my peers. Because he had the data. I did, <laughs> but because of the way I approached my uh -huh. peers, uh -huh. although they liked me, they didn't see me as collaborative, I guess would be the best way. And so when the first director position came, hi, hi how are you? Um, out, outside of being an HR business partner, they actually passed on me. Interesting. And when, yeah, and so when they sat me down before they made the announcement of my peer getting the role, they explained the why. And I actually needed that, hello. Mm -hmm. um, because I really had kind of lost, I'd, I'd lost my path. I kind of lost who I was mm -hmm. and it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And until you actually have it, you know, stuck in your face, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. um, it was an aha moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know to this day how I allowed myself to get there, except that I was the new guy trying to show that an operations person can move into HR and be effective. Because it was, again, early 2000s, it was a new, kind of a new career path. And um, yeah, it was a great lesson that I still use today. Right. And a wonderful walk with Beth Monahan. You know, again, <laughs> everyone I walk with model just authenticity, being real. She was so real, they all were real. Um, but she really connected vulnerability with culture, which I find so important in all of our organizations right now. And, and, and that authenticity that actually creates that just open heartedness that we really can feel, you know, you can feel a culture. So, oh man, anyway, there you go. If, there, if it goes back to a thread, because you said, so, you know, During I always- During the pandemic? No, like in your life, like, it, you know, where, because I believe that all of us have these limiting beliefs that you yes. know we store in ourselves, and then we create mm -hmm. our winning formula, and we operate mm -hmm. to push it down. That's right. Okay. My where have I been most disconnected? I have believed for most of my life mm -hmm. that there were huge facets of myself that mm -hmm. were bad and unworthy, and that I could just discover the person who I should be and turn into them. Got it. And yeah. What a horrible way to live. Right. Right. Like yeah. I'm too sensitive. Mm -hmm. I'm too emotional. I'm too. So I'm that's those are those are messages you got consciously and unconsciously throughout. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. get did it did you get it in business a lot? Or I think I got it long before that. Long before and business certainly, you know. Fed into it too. Yeah. I mean it worked for mostly men and early in my career. There you go. You know. Right. Venture right. capitalists. Right. <laughs> mhm. Mm mhm. And so now though you know that's all made up. It is all made up. Which and is you know so what's cool. refreshing? Mm -hmm. Like I I recently started doing more posts about culture mm. on social media because I just thought like the one I said about therapy mm -hmm. and I keep getting notes from former clients mm -hmm. thanking me mm -hmm. for showing them how to be vulnerable mm -hmm. well, this is it the modeling I was like holy cow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had no idea mm -hmm. and I by the way was really nervous when I started putting those posts up I was like maybe it's sharing too much mm. I don't know Mm, but not at all. I'm I, a writer by trade, so well, I share a lot. <laughs> so good, Beth. That's so good. So keep doing it because yeah. I do think it's I do think it's moving into this space of, of authentic sharing. And it is. You know, obviously. And being an open hearted person. That's you know, it. like that is you think that it mm -hmm. leaves you vulnerable to being hurt. And by the way, it does. Mm -hmm. But it hurts more not to be. It's true. What's the cost of not? Right. Right. right? And, and, and can we overcome any judgment we get? Right. The best therapist, who is my current therapist, once said, he told me, he's like, Beth, you live open hearted. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And by the way, it's up to other people if they want to reciprocate that. It's so true. And I was like, that's the best thing anyone's ever told me. <laughs> it's so true. Why do you put it on you if they're shut down? That's okay. That's their yeah, it's yeah. not. It's actually not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. Right. Right. And it doesn't mean you should be shut down. Mm. And Manny, CEO of East Boston Neighborhood Health Plan, gosh, walking around where he grew up in East Boston was just really quite a quite a journey and uh, you know it's so interesting because everyone really uh, shone through their humanness and Manny really was an example of this and how he leads by example and models 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 for his staff they want to know him as a human being and and he just speaks so eloquently from his heart and soul and that's what leadership's all about. Well, but what, what do you anchor your leadership in? Lead by example and, and be human. Oh, I love it. See, that's why Elisa things. said I had to walk with you. <laughs> <laughs> you go this way. Yes, uh, lead it, by example. Yeah, lead by example and be human. Um, I think we have a responsibility. Yes. And we need to be, we need to recognize that responsibility is real. Mm. So everything I do, when I accepted this position, I knew everything I do inside my office, outside my office, outside our organization reflects not only on me, but the organization. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to make sure that I can set that example in in every and every situation which again is i think is is the great part of this job it's amazing right <laughs> I, it really is and and i know people are watching yes and want to know uh what is manny doing on his off time and that's why in our zoom now 
staff meeting with 1,300 of our staff members, yes. I've shown them the apps that I've used and Good. the meditation Good. that I'm doing, Good. Uh, the family games yes. that we're playing at home, uh, the music that I'm listening to. Yes, what are you listening to? <laughs> Oh. oh boy. I, I so have, this is the being human part. You're showing them who I am. I am yes, right? I, yes. Just not Look some guy sitting in the right. corner. Office. Not the title. <laughs> not the title. Wait, what's the music? I just want to know. So I love uh, hip hop and rap. Oh. Do you do hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't, but do my your sons? No. So it, no. in terms of music wise, yes. or, uh, no. No, but I, um, I I did share with the staff uh -huh. uh, on one of our Zoom calls. So at the end of each Zoom call, we have Manny's app of the month okay. uh, or something like that. So I shared with them that someone recently posted on Spotify um, a playlist from Rachel's Nightclub, which was located at the Long Wharf Marriott, and disclosed on Facebook that... Uh, he was the DJ along with Manny Lopes. Oh, when? So, so the other side of Manny's story this is, is that okay. Now we're getting <laughs> at the age of 16. Oh, my junior year in high school, I loved music, and music has also helped me uh, stay grounded and connected. Absolutely. That I uh, decided to start my own DJ company. Oh my gosh! Uh, in high school and. Uh, and it was a pretty successful journey, 10 years as, so cool. as, as a DJ. So. We invite you to click subscribe and listen to our other walks. You can also visit hollistergroup.com where there is free culture resources, including guided meditations, a blog of insights, and professional training and enrichment programs. The music and song you heard during this podcast, Inner Sovereignty, was performed by Chad Hollister and written by Kip Hollister and Chad Hollister. Thank you for taking a walk. Inside is the doorway out. Inside is the doorway to my inner sovereignty. Where I'm free to be. The energy of me. My inner sovereignty. Inner sovereignty. My inner sovereignty